I thought, I went, can't we sing it during the intro? I doubt it. God damn it. Daddy says no. <laughs> Sound creepier than you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Literally Literary. With us, as always, is Mr. Sean Faubernitz. Sean Faub. I am Joey Bonnier, and our host, Sean O'Brien. Hi, guys. I'm your host. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah. Happy October. Is it? Yeah, it oh, is. Is it? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah sure. it is. Time's weird. Still. Still, the last one we did, I think, was the beginning of October, and this one continues to October. So. Time keeps on excited, slipping so. into the future. Time keeps on slipping. Can't oh, sing Sorry, I was trying to remember what this <laughs> song was. Now I got to remember. Um, <laughs> I really like that song. How about that? Does that work? Nope. That's commentary. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I really I don't like no that idea. song. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have any ho- favorite horror stories or like scary stories in general? Uh, no, I was never a big fan of horror. Um, oh, okay. I guess uh, I like that. for Halloween movies, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Does that count as a horror movie? No, not at all. Okay. Just a Halloween movie. I that are like scary. Ernest Scared well, and Stupid. It's, both, it's like only half a horror or yeah, a it's, Halloween It's movie. more it's of a like Christmas movie than it is a Halloween uh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, I really feel stupid because I just realized something. And I realized that a lot of these horror movies take place in the fall when mm. everything's dying. Oh, mm-hmm. there you go. Why haven't Look I realized that earlier? Analysis. Wait, yeah. but what? That's anal analysis. Why is it taking me thirty years to realize that? I mean, some people Death never realize it, so it makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. I guess that's true. I think that's a, you know that's a good catch. Be proud Interesting. Of yeah. I'm gonna pat myself on the back slightly. He is patting his himself on the back <laughs> slightly. <laughs> I gotta get my mouth working right now. I'm about to read some books to you guys. Yeah, you oh do. yeah. Oh boy, Let's I just had a Tony literary. special. Mm. So my stomach's all like grumbling. Three plugs. And and my mouth is like not working. So this is going to be interesting. Um, I have books. I have horror books as well. Mm. Um, so I have The with October us Surprise. Stephen King's The Stand. So when I first, I had never read any Stephen King and I thought the first Stephen King book I ever read was going to be The Stand. Um, and when I got it, oh, the only one I could ever find was like it said complete and uncut. And there's this whole thing in the beginning that has this like bullshit about from like, him or from someone else. No, yeah, like to be read before the purchase. And he goes on to explain like what the deal is, why it's substantially well, bigger than normal. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there's the, the so it. I, but I'm a big you know proponent of like OG shit. Mm. I'm not. I'm not a big director's <laughs> cut guy. Can we just take a clip of that? <laughs> I'm uh, a big proponent so of OG shit. Yes, uh, I believe to be an advocate <laughs> of OG shit. <laughs> So I wanted to find like the fucking regular one just because to see, I don't know, like, I don't know. Anyway, so I, it took me a while to find and I have this shitty, tatty, tattered old copy of The Stand as well. And I have Stephen King's It, one of my all-time favorite horror movies of all time. Hmm. That's redundant, but whatever. <laughs> sure, we get it. I'm afraid of clowns um, too. Who isn't? I'm not afraid of clowns at yeah. all. Actually, I'm fascinated by them. I think they're creepy. Really? I feel I like everyone, everyone thinks they're a little creepy. I'm indifferent. You can't be indifferent. Nobody is indifferent to clowns. <laughs> I feel like you've like been a somebody clown. Have, you cannot. I don't think I've ever been a clown. Nobody in the world has no opinion of a clown. I really don't. Like, I, I agree. Like, I understand the people <laughs> that think they're creepy. Okay. And I understand the people that, like, think, you know, don't really. Like, uh, well, okay. I don't really yeah, understand enjoying a clown. All right. Let me give you a scenario. <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold on, Sean. It's your 10th, it's your 10th birthday and uh-huh. a clown shows up at your birthday party. Yeah. What do Miles you do? Do you like yeah. it? Do you hang around the clown? Do you run away? Depends. Does he do Why magic? Why is he at a birthday in the first place? It, like yeah. even even Sean Fawcett's birthday party is. Like, I love the idea of his birthday <laughs> party. We should throw him a birthday party. He's sitting party. there and he's just like, "Why are there people near me?" And he's got the little birthday you guys party hat. Do on? not sing to me. If you guys fucking sing to me, I will lose my mind. Yeah, it was usually like tons of people and me just hiding in my bedroom Aww, playing sounds, video games. That yeah. sounds exactly like it would be today. Uh, yeah. What did, what was your gift? Just a bunch of Weird Al albums. <laughs> <laughs> weird uh, albums. Uh, yeah. Do you do you have a Oh, don't do it. Oh, too late. My timing's bad. Do you have um? Do you have a particular fond, me- particularly fond memory of of clowns? <laughs> of the birthday? Uh, no, not really. Okay. You know. Okay. So, yeah. so 
but nevertheless, you are you this like you're in the minority of a lot of things. But this <laughs> might be the most specific minority you've ever been in. Like there's really? there are less people in the world who are completely indifferent of clowns. <laughs> That's a good point. Than any other like everyone is one way or the other. Everybody I mean, has some opinion of a clown. <laughs> If it's like, you know, a decent clown in the circus and he's like doing a good job, that's probably enjoy it. But mm. like, what about it, just a clown? So there's like in South Carolina, there are a bunch of clowns yeah, in the yeah. woods. Right on. Like, would, what would you, you know, do you have an opinion on that? If you're driving through the woods and you see a clown just hanging and standing in the woods staring at you, what, what, how did you, does that make you feel? I just assumed there was a birthday party behind them. Like, I, yeah. But I mean, like, it's okay. Mm. Let's just say you know this stretch of woods is and just it's long desolate. Enough. Yeah. And it's like, there's nobody there, but there's just a clown that's staring there in the woods. Um, I, I, I would certainly easily. take notice. I, I okay. mean, I, I would probably assume creepy what pedophile. Kind of shoes? Or, what kind of shoes yeah. you wear? Okay. You would assume creepy pedophile. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. I, I'm okay with the fact that you don't have like a. <laughs> particular emotional reaction to that. <laughs> Nevertheless, I'm fine at least like your brain went He there. doesn't really <laughs> have emotional reactions to anything. It's so. true. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. You might be the first person I've ever met who's completely indifferent with clowns. Wow. Fantastic. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't realize that was a thing. I, no, it's not a thing. It is not a thing. That's why I'm saying you are in such a minority. It is now a thing because of what you said. Wow. <laughs> um... It's the, uh, my autobiography. <laughs> I'm indifferent to clowns. My thesis film in film school was about <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What was it? It's called The Show Must Go On. I'll send you a thing. Yeah. It's good. Um, <laughs> what, what was the clown in Seinfeld that they made fun of? The sad clown? Shit, it's like a play. Oh, I don't remember. Shit. I don't remember. Tragic, right? like, but it was Joe DiVola. Crazy Joe DiVola Crazy Joe DiVola. And it's like, Pavar- yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not Pavarotti. It's like Pavarotti. Some, something like that. Where's my hmm. iPad? I think it was, actually. Anyway, um, so, okay, clowns. I love clowns as well. When I was like five years old, no, I'm sorry. When I was seven years old, this movie came out and my sister was five. It was and, a TV movie, right? Yeah, it was a made for TV yeah. movie. And it was like a two night thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I always loved movies. So I'm like, come on, let's watch it, Allie. And so we sat, we sat in my parents' bedroom and we watched the first half of it. And she's been scarred for life. Of <laughs> wow. Because I've been sort of fat. I mean, it's, it definitely scared the shit out of me. It's the only movie really to ever scare me. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't, I genuinely can't think of another movie that scared me, period. Um, this one scared me for sure. And yeah, I've since watched it many times. Anyway, that's Stephen King's Dead. So I have Stephen King's Dead. Um, I have And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie. I have Haunted by Chuck Palahniuk. I have Bloody Mary and Other Tales for a Dark Night. So it's like a Isn't compilation. Then they were, and Then There Were None, is that the um, more PC title? Oh yeah, that's right. Mm. It's like 10 Little Indians, I feel like, yeah. was the thing. You're right. But I think it was actually ten little engines or some uh, shit. No, I, N-words? I believe so. No way. Because that was the original nursery rhyme or whatever. I think that was the original nursery rhyme. I don't think that that was her. Really, thing in Indians the is that offensive that they changed it then? Um, probably not. The, Maybe it was ten little ends. I, I mean, it's possible. I'm, looking, mm. I'm trying to look here. There is a noose on the front. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the um, clown thing. Pagli- yeah, yeah. Pagliacci. Ah, there you go. Um, I have and so then I have Sharp Teeth by Tony Barlow. Um, I actually didn't want this, but I bought a. So I went to like this UCB show, and by the way, I have two of these. What's, uh, what's UCB, Sean? Hey, you get a book like Upright that, you should get a free hat. Brigade. Upright Citizens Upright Brigade. Upright Citizens Brigade. What's uh, that? It's like an improv. I'm just for my thing. mom who is no, no idea what the hell you're I'm talking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're doing. You're doing the right thing. Um, it's a. It's an improv. Pretending troupe. to be a moron. Yeah, that's the right thing. Who <laughs> says I'm pretending? Um, it's it's a it's an improv you know troupe essentially, or it's a place where different people, kind of independent artists and performers, can come and do their sketch comedy basically. Um, it also was a sketch comedy show on Comedy Central. Exactly. And there was a bookstore right next door with Stan on Franklin and. I went in and just kind of just wanted to buy something. And I think I had already started writing a lot of poetry by then. And I saw that this was like a long horror poetry, uh, like a long form poem book called Sharp Teeth. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, and also Noelle Wells was like outside and I wanted to look cool. So I had to buy sorry, something. What? I couldn't. She's just an actress. I was no. like, oh, that's kind of cool. I don't cool. know who that is. Noelle? On, nobody really knows who she is. It's actually kind of funny. It's, she was on, is that the guy from ER? No, no, no. No. <laughs> no, she was on SNL for like a season. She was also on Masters and None. Hmm. The uh, really? the Aziz Ansari show. Ah, I feel like I shouldn't know her. It's a decent show. Okay. It's fine. Anyway, um, then I have Dan Simmons' Hyperion, which Again. is the most recent book I read. Actually, oh. um, that's why it makes a comeback. Hipster. 
I don't know if it's a hipster. It's just like a sci-fi novel. Because like I always horror novel. remember this just because he thinks it's between. Like, like, yeah. Oh yes, God damn it! My I fucking that stupid joke. ass joke. I fucked up. It's mine. Is it, this is the F. Scott Fitzgerald one? It's <laughs> That's mine. Right. Oh, and I have uh, the Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> Sean, no. <laughs> do it, Sean. You must do it. I am. He's, I am not stuck. a dog. So yeah. he's, he's torn between showing the sausage. And and also like you're doing showing this Pavlovian it. thing where he's like you know he's being forced to perform like a trained monkey and he's he's rejecting both of those things because the power I don't have of it. radio compels you I don't have it in front of me I don't have the book in front of me Indeed. so I said it so he yep. could have said it but he he knew that it was a fucking lie mm-hmm. and so <laughs> so he had, he had to pretend to be strong. <laughs> But ba- but without showing the sausage. So that's what just happened. There's some sausage for you. There you go. Do you guys have any particular affinity for win. one book or the other? I feel like uh, with all the uh, clown talk on the table, we have no choice but to uh, go for the I've done uh, it again. Stephen King I've steered did. you guys there. Wow. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I think that that's probably right. Um, Joey, have you ever seen the movie? The t- major TV movie? I have not. Oh, yeah. And I he feel like you're not. You're going to make a left turn here and and take it off the table randomly, <laughs> like you oh, just, like you are wont to do. Oh no no sorry, I'm going to read it. I just was organizing books. Okay, because right. yeah. you're like playing a little uh, three card. What's it? Three, three card Monty. Three card, three card Monty. Monty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. There's a great magic trick by the way. It's a two card Monty. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> that doesn't seem like much of a <laughs> challenge. It, it's pretty well, cool actually. When you get rid of the one you want. <laughs> um. All right. Stephen King's it. So you haven't seen it. What's your opinion on clowns, Joey? Uh, I think they're slightly creepy. Uh, I've never found always? them. Not always. Uh, I watched Bozo as a kid. Mm. Um, let's Bozo see. Bozo made it out to yeah, the East Coast? Gonna... Yeah, yeah, he's a big deal. Oh, oh, it's not? Bozo's not even oh, East Bozo's, Coast? That's like a thing? Uh, well, Bozo's shot in Chicago, but oh, most okay. people in the West Coast don't know Bozo. They had like a different clown out here, apparently. No, there was not a different clown. That's apparently, amazing. Yeah. That's so I bet funny. there was regional clowns, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, for my, I thought Bozo was everywhere. Bozo. But as so a, did I. I thought Bozo was everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I think Bozo did make regional. it bigger. I think he's like the Rafi of clowns. Uh, maybe. That is, <laughs> that's uh, the most Rafi genius thing I've ever said, by Rafi the way. That big? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Down by the bay. I thought so too. Where the watermelons I, grow. That's like every kid's show ever. What? That's why it's he's famous. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to it, guys. By the way, uh, my aunt was also a clown. Her mm. name was Brownie the Clowny. Uh, wow, that's and, amazing. And that's yep. why you have issues. Um, what kind of clown was she? <laughs> I don't know if it's anything specific, just a normal clown. Did she, there she, are, did she there, find there is her no clown. normal clown. So that's sort mm. of the beauty okay, of clowns. Okay, so she, she had like, spe- like specialties? Like she went to clown school and was no, like no, good. No, sure. But uh, it, well, so there's actually clown types. Um, there's yeah. the uh, white face clown, right? Where, you know, the classic kind of white face clown that's supposed to be a satire on the- The aristocracy. Sure. Very good, Mr. Faw. Um, and then we have, what's the other type? Um, I, I don't know the I, the names, but- The jester? Well, there's the uh, the hobo tramp clown, the August clown. August, they call that. yeah, okay. Oh and, wow! Uh, with the guy with the bun- the bindle and the stick. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That, that's like kind of uh, like a Charlie Chaplin. Uh, I, I believe the that is the most recent form of clown. Mm-hmm. Um, there is also the um, what was the August clown there for? What they there to satirize? Oh, uh, wasn't. Uh, go for it, man. Kind of the lower class. Oh, yeah. Is that racism? Is that straight? Well, yeah. That no. Was, Blackface? It, no, no, no. That's that's. Uh, no, it's, that it's later? class. Is that another it's classism? Oh, okay. I don't yeah. know. Neither of those things are race. I feel like there might be a racist clown though. Well, it was. Uh, I don't think so. Like a, a minstrel clown kind of thing. Well, there were minstrels, but that's just, that not that's just separate? racist. Yeah, it's not really. <laughs> okay, I don't know. It's something. I don't know the different they forms of clown. You shouldn't do, but it's punching downwards. Right. You know, they usually say comedy is punching upwards, which is why the the uh, aristocracy clown. What's the name of that one? Whiteface. White, uh, that's that just whiteface clown. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's why you know. Play that, the crowd. Exactly, but uh, for some reason, the the August clown took hold around the. Uh, that specific time frame in American history. They were also the, 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 you know, the champions in a way too. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Charlie Chaplin would have been one, For and, sure, you know, yeah. that is um, the, the American underdog possibly coming mm-hmm. into that. But uh, what's the other one though? The, uh, <sighs> you have the white face, the August. And That's then kind of the, all the only two there are. I think, I feel like there is one more. Though. No, there's definitely one more. I, yeah, um, I don't remember what it is. Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah please. Okay. Anyway. Um, um, let's get to it. But yeah, no, I mean, that is like... There is the metaphor for pedophile. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Pennywise the clown. Pennywise the dancing clown. Well, most of my clowning knowledge, as as most of my knowledge, comes from Penn Jillette. So it's... Uh, uh, he went, oh, okay, yeah. That's uh, right. 
Oh, okay. Here we go. go Whiteface, August, and Tramp. Tramp. That's the other one. So Wait, yeah, Tramp then Charlie is Chaplin the hobo. is the Tramp. Yeah. What's the August then? That is the that is the, the, the sort of the hobo clown, but it's like just underneath. It's like in between the two. I thought, There's actually a lot more than that too, but those are yeah. But the August uh, one is yeah. Do you want me to read? But August. Yeah. It doesn't have a, its own. Oh, there it's we go. French. I feel like it was the 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 earlier version of the hobo, but God. I'm sorry. Hold on. The shift of the Augusta Red Clown character for his roles of foil. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. They're gonna use. I'm reading this out loud there. Uh, the evil clown, I guess, was notably popularized by Stephen King's It. Oh. Did you? <laughs> so wait, what's the Augusta? That's August? the Augusta. That's part of it. Um, this is not really giving me its own Wikipedia yeah, entry, breakdown. so it sucks. Well, let's uh, just gotcha. go to it. Let's yeah, just go. Yeah. Let's just get sorry. to the clown. Yeah, that's all good. Um. So yeah, Stephen King. So we have It by Stephen King. I was definitely afraid of that clown. Oh, oh there's a little I thing. Have a, I'm sorry, I have a little bit. <laughs> the, the character type is often an anarchist, the joker, or a fool. Mm. He's, yeah, okay. He is clever and is a much lower status than the white face. Right on. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, okay, sorry, continue. No, it's fine. Um, you may proceed, sir. Proceed. Uh, you have my permission. <laughs> there's a... The, uh, Fops weren't clowns. Pencil, pencil drawing on the very first page on the bottom says, Jonathan Tate... Looks to be, I don't know, how old do you think this kid is? Or um, was when he wrote this? <laughs> uh, judging by hand, my handwriting, 36. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a 12-year-old, like guys. 12-year-old. <laughs> that was really good. Maybe 10. That was funny, Shani. Yeah, it looks like a 10-year-old kind of drawing. It's, uh, I don't know, this, this kid should not have been reading this. <laughs> In fairness, I did watch the movie when I was seven, so it's fine. Anyway. Who, who has good penmanship anymore? Me. I do. I took great pains to get good penmanship. All right, yeah. here we go. For yeah. what? Uh, looks good. For the poetry. Those are the handwritten poetry shit I do. Yeah. When you sign your name, you I look like flakes. a badass. <laughs> Fucking artist. I know. Part one, The Shadow Before. By the way, this book is fucking huge. Let's take a guess yeah. as to how many pages it is. Uh, 1,658. 1,090. Jesus, fuck. Holy crap, I'm good. I don't know how big books are. This book was begun in Bangor, Maine. On the very last page, it says, this book was begun in Bangor, Maine on September 9th, 1981, and completed in Bangor, Maine on December 28th, 1985. What's today? September 21st. Cool. Hmm. I thought you said it was October. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, I know, but... The future is now. It's fine. Long live the hood. I'm confused. Part one, the shadow before. There's an inscription. It says, They begin. The perfections are sharpened. The flower spreads its colored petals wide in the sun, but the tongue of the bee misses them. They sink back into the loam, crying out. You may call it a cry that creeps over them, a shiver as they wilt and disappear. By William Carlos Williams. Patterson is the name of the poem. Then we have another quote. Says, like the bear? I think that's Paddington. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we have a quote underneath it. says, born down in a dead man's town by... Frankenstein. Yeah. Oh, well done. Of course, Jersey Boy gets it. He's you got Philly. it too. No, same difference. I mean, I have the answer here. You said it like <laughs> half a second after me. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Chapter one. <laughs> after the flood. 1957. One, the terror, which would not end for another 28 years, if it ever did end, began, so far as I can tell, with a boat made from a sheet of newspaper floating down a gutter swollen with rain. The boat bobbled, the boat bobbed, listed, righted itself again, dived bravely through treacherous whirlpools, and continued on its way down Witcham Street toward the traffic light which marked the intersection of Witcham and Jackson. The three vertical lenses on all sides of the traffic light were dark this afternoon in the fall of 1957, and the houses were dark too. They had been steady rain. There had been steady rain for a week now, and two days ago the winds had, the winds had come as well. Most sections of dairy had lost their power then, and it was not yet back on. Or it was not back on yet, sorry. A small boy in a yellow slicker and red galoshes rang je- cheerfully along the newspaper, along beside the newspaper boat. The rain had not stopped, but it was finally slackening. It tapped on the yellow hood of the boy's slicker, sounding to his ears like rain on the shed roof. A comfortable, almost cozy sound. The boy in his yellow slicker was George Denborough. He was six. 
His brother, William, known to most of the kids at Derry Elementary School, and even to the teachers who would never have used the nickname to his face, as Stuttering Bill, was, was at home, hacking out the last of a nasty case of influenza. In that autumn of 1957, eight months before the real horrors began, and 28 years before the final showdown, Stuttering Bill was 10 years old. Bill had made the boat beside with George, which George now ran. Bill had made the boat beside which George now ran. Ran. He had made he had made it sitting up in bed, his back propped against a pile of pillows, while their mother played Feralese on the piano in the parlor, and rain swept restlessly against the bedroom window. Help me out there, Joy. With music. About, about three quarters of the way down the block, as one headed toward the intersection and the dead traffic light. Witcham Street was blocked to motor traffics by smudge pots and four orange sawhorses. Stenciled across each one of the horses was Dairy Department of Public Works. Beyond them, the rain had, spill, had spilled out the gutters, clogged with branches and rocks and big sticky piles of autumn leaves. The water had first pried finger holes in the paving and then snatched whole greedy handfuls, all of this by a third of day by the rains. By noon of the fourth day, Big chunks of the street's surface were boating through the intersection of Jackson and Witcham like miniature whitewater rafts. By that time, many people in Derry had begun to make nervous jokes about arcs. The Public Works Department had managed to keep Jackson Street open, but Witcham was impassable for the, um, from the sawhorses all the way down the center, all the way to the center of town. But everyone, what's a sawhorse? Seriously, bro? Wow, that's funny. That's so Corolla uh, <laughs> podcast reference. I'm pretty sure I know what it is, but I just want to take a sip of coffee. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Let's, hold on. I know what it is. Let's yeah. wait to hear what he thinks it is. That's going to be more interesting. Take a guess. Um, so like they'll hire they'll they'll outsource beavers essentially to like <laughs> to to create these little like bay hails that they'll put where the, a, the kind of hail water starts to like flood too much. And it's like a it's like a makeshift shitty dam. Not bad. <laughs> right on. <laughs> but everyone agreed. The horse <laughs> <in> the <boat. laughs> but everyone agreed the worst was over. That's interesting, though. Is there anything? I see. I vaguely remember something about Does the dam agree? later on. Oh. <laughs> I remember something about the dam later Do on. They? Um, they they go to build a dam in Georgie. There. I wonder if there's. I wonder if there's something to that. That you're thinking about beavers? No. No. Well, yes, but <laughs> all the time, bro. But Jeez. but just dams in general. I I wonder if there's a there's a theme throughout it of, about dams. Um. Anyway, damn I it. I wonder oh, what it would be. Oh, you know why? Because well, what what it would be? Oh, sorry. I had a great joke there. God they, damn it. That's good. Yeah. Double double time too. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, so this book, this book is, a, as I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I believe is more or less a metaphor for kind of like blocked trauma, like childhood trauma. Isn't um, that all of his books? Oh, I guess. But this one, like <laughs> so specifically. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, it, it, pedophilia or like kind of any, any fucking, you know, uh, abuse yeah, what, as a whatever kid. Whatever fucked you up as a kid, that's, that's the clown. Right. Yeah. Specifically. That's Pennywise. Um, Tim so, Curry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's playing the new one. Mm. I was so bummed. I think like that Carrie Fuka, whatever the fuck, the Fuka guy who Naga. did, um, yeah, the that's, what? What, that's how it goes. The guy who did um, True Detective, the first season, oh. and the Beast of and Nation. the second season, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He He's, was both. He he wrote the the script. It was supposed to be mm. two different movies. He wrote right like a two, you know, two different scripts or a whole big script that they were going to make into two movies mm. um, of it. Um, and he was set to direct it, and then New Line kind of chickened out. And then, or whatever company, I don't know. I don't want to shout out. But yeah, yeah. I don't know who it was. But um, <laughs> shout out New Line. <laughs> um, Who's doing it now, though? I don't know who the director is now. Uh, it it is still is or it's back still a go. It's still a go, and they're using uh-huh. the scripts as well. They're still using his script. Oh, right it's just, yeah, because they. I mean, they paid for him to, to write the script, gotcha. so they own it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry. There's your art. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone agreed the worst was over. The Kenduskag stream had crested just below its banks in the barrens and bare inches below the concrete sides of the canal, which channeled it tightly, channeled it tightly as, as it passed, down, passed through downtown. Right now, a gang of men, Zach Denborough, George, and Bill's father among them, were removing the sandbags they had thrown up the day before with such a panicky haste. Yesterday's over, yesterday overflow and expensive food damage had seemed almost inevitable. God knew it had happened before the flooding of 1931 had been a disaster which had cost millions of dollars and almost two dozen lives. That was a long time ago. 
but there were still enough people around who remembered it to scare the rest. One of the flood victims had been around 25 miles east in Bucksport. The fish had eaten this unfortunate gentleman's eyes, three of his fingers, his penis, and most of his left foot. Clutched in what remained of his hands had been a Ford steering wheel. Now, though, the river was receding, and when the new Banger Hydro Dam was in upstream, the river would cease to be a threat, or so said Zach Denborough, who worked for Banger Hydroelectric. <clears throat> As for the rest, well, future floods would take care of themselves. The thing was to get through this one, to get the power back on and then forget it. In Derry, such forgetting of tragedy and disaster was almost an art, as Bill Denborough would come to discover in the course of time. George paused just beyond the seahorses at the edge of at the end at the edge of a deep ravine that that had been cut <clears throat> that had been cut through the tar surface of Witcham Street. Horses? The ravine the ravine ran on almost exact diagonal. It ended on the far side of the street, roughly forty feet farther down the hill from where he now stood on the right. He laughed aloud. The sound of solitary, the sound the sound of solitary childish glee, a bright runner in the gray afternoon, as a vagary of the flowery of the flowing water took his paper boat out into scale model rapids which had been formed by the break of the tar. The urgent water had, the, had cut a channel right which ran along the diagonal and his boat traveled from one side of Witcham Street to the other, the current carrying it so fast that George had to sprint to keep up with it. Water sprayed out from beneath his galoshes and muddy sheets. The buckle made a jolly jingling as, gin, as George Denborough ran, through the, ran toward his strange death. And the feeling which filled him at that moment was clear and simple love for his brother Bill. Love and touch, love and a touch of regret that Bill couldn't be here to see and be a part of it. Of course, he would try to describe it to Bill when he got home, but he knew he wouldn't be able to make Bill see it. The way Bill would have been able to make him see it, if their positions had been reversed. Bill was good at reading and writing, but even at his age, George was wise enough to know that it wasn't the only reason why Bill got all A's on his report cards, or why his teachers liked his compositions so well. Telling was the only part of it. Bill was good at seeing the boat nearly whistled along the diagonal channel, just a page torn from the classified section of the Dairy News, but now George imagined it as a P.T. boat in a war movie, like the ones he sometimes saw down at the Dairy Theater which, with Bill at Saturday matinees. A war picture with John Wayne fighting the Japs. The prow of a newspaper broke through sprays of water on either side and it rushed along, as it rushed along, and then it reached the gutter on the left side of Witcham Street. A fresh streamlet rushed over the break in the tar at this point, creating a fairly large whirlpool, and it seemed to him that the boat must be swamped and, and ca must be swamped and capsized. It leaned alarmingly. Then George cheered as it righted itself, turned, and went racing down toward the intersection. George sprinted to catch up. Over his head, a grim gust of October wind rattled the trees, and now almost unburdened of their fright of colored leaves by the storm, which had been this year a reaper of the most ruthless sort. Two. <laughs> the boat went down the stream the chapter two <laughs> jesus fuckers paid by the word i don't think he was paid by the word but he writes like it Fuck. <laughs> the boat went down the stream <laughs> <laughs> we should do Sean's interpretation of all my cliff notes. Of yeah, I love every, King every chapter. <laughs> Sitting up in bed, his cheeks still. Wait, hold on. Let's do a few. Sean does um, does a few famous books. Okay, more famous movies. Yeah, that's that's good. That's Go good. Ahead. So what? Uh, let's do let's do Star Wars. Sean, what happens? What happens in A New Hope? Uh, a New Hope. Uh, yeah. Well, I, movies are going to be tough. Like it's a question uh, yeah. of like books. Okay, fine. Let's do books. The Huck Finn. Uh, SP books he's read. Jesus Christ, this is not working yeah, out. Boy, yeah. tri boy tricks a slave. Mm. Okay, that's as much as I know about Huck Finn. Well, this is a dud. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, man. That's okay. We'll come back to it later. You, you, you can't force a rant. Two, sitting up in bed, his cheeks still flushed with heat, but his fever, like it can just gag, finally receding. Bill had finished the boat when George reached for it. Bill held it out of reach. N now get me. Paraffin. What's that? Where is it? It's in the basement. <laughs> it's in the cellar. It's in the candle. It's in the cellar sh sh shelf. As you go downstairs, Bill said. In a box, this is golf. Golf. Bring that to me and a knife and a b bowl and a p pack of m m matches. George had gone obediently to get these things. He could hear his mother playing the piano. Not Farrelly's now, but something else he didn't like so well. Something that sounded dry and fussy. You could hear rain flicking steadily. What do you think that is, Joey? Uh, Metallica, Ender Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> it's 1957. 
Uh, wow. On the piano. Yeah, I, exactly. I, maybe it is just entertainment. <laughs> just she just knows this is bing, 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 bing. <laughs> just her left hand just fucking like floundering back and forth. All right. These were comfortable sounds, but the thought of the cellar was not a bit comfortable. He did not like the cellar, and he did not like going down the cellar stairs because he always imagined there was something down there in the dark. That was silly, of course. His father said so, and his mother said so, and even more important, Bill said so. But still, he did not like even he did not even like opening the door to flick the light because he always had the idea that was so exquisitely stupid he didn't care to tell, dare to tell anyone. While that while he was feeling for the light switch, some horrible clawed paw would settle over, lightly over his wrist and then jerk him down into the darkness that smelled of dirt and wet, damn, rotted vegetables. Stupid. There were no things with claws, all hairy and full of killing spite. Every now and then, someone went crazy and killed a lot of people. Sometimes Chet Huntley told about such things. In people the keep vegetables in the basement? And of, I know, right? And of course, there were, there were commies, but there were no weirdo monster living... But there was no weirdo monster living down in the cellar. Still, this idea lingered. In those interminable moments, yeah, interminable. In those interminable moments, while he was groping for the light switch with his right hand, his left arm curled around the door jam, the death grip. That cellar seemed still to intensify until it filled the world. Smells of dirt and wet and long gone vegetables. There you go, Shawnee. You should <laughs> would, would merge. Oh, they into used one, to keep him down there. Would merge into one unmistakable, in, ineluctable smell—the smell of a monster, the apotheosis of all monsters. It was the smell of something for which he had no name. The smell of it, capital I, mm. crouched and lurking and ready to spring. A creature which would eat anything, but which was equally, but was, which was especially hungry for boat, ma- boat boy meat. <laughs> he had opened the door that morning and groped intermi- interminably for the switch, holding the jam in his usual death grip. His eyes squinched shut with the tip of his tongue poked at the corner of his mouth like an anag- agonized rootlet searching for water in a place of drought. Funny? Sure. You betcha. Look at you, Georgie. Georgie's scared of the dark. What a baby. The sound of the piano came from what his father called the living room and what his mother called the parlor. (laughs) That's interesting. Do you guys know the history behind the parlor and the living room? I feel like the living room is like a post-World War II thing. Uh, Earlier than that. Oh, really? Earlier than that, yeah. Mm. Joey? Uh, I thought that the parlor was um, gender separated or something isn't that the deal i don't believe so it might be but hmm. um like parlor back, back in the day would have like women go here men the tea go here. room or something well the parlor the parlor was the room specifically for when a member of the family died they oh. would they would lay the body out and because oh. parley uh parlor comes from the from the french pal um so like parlay essentially right um, people die in that often Huh? People dying so often, you got to have a room for it. Yeah, well, yeah, well, it was, it's not that they had to have a room for it. It's just that when people died, there was no other world where to take them. And so when when someone died, they would lay them out in the parlor, and people would come and speak about the dead. And they would essentially that's where they would hold a wake and they would hold their vigil. And um, but that's like the only thing they used that room for. Uh, well, it's not the only thing, but for the most part, that was the the designation of the room. That's what it was for. That's <laughs> just, where it happened was it, in the parlor. It seems like if I decided to, you know, just start calling my living room the birthday party room. Like, it's something that happens there. It's something well, that... Well, sure, like, but <laughs> sure, you don't have to have a birthday party, but when someone <laughs> dies, everyone feels an obligation to come and like, yeah. you know, have some sort of that's, a thing. Same right. as, I guess it's fair. In any event, so, so anyway, so... Yeah, um, yeah. That was the, the I'm arguing the with history, not you. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and no, I understand. Um, so that was the, the reason for it. And yeah. then... Um, it, somewhere in the kind of late uh, 20th century, not I'm sorry, not late, uh, uh, early 20th century in like the early 1900s, um, they they started this, and it actually might even been like close to mid, so yeah, like World War II around there. Um, they they stopped at holding the wake at the at the houses and uh, like kind of funeral, funeral homes, homes, funeral homes, all that shit started to become like ba- basically mm. death became almost a business. Yeah, um, almost. And, and they all, yeah exactly. And they funeral parlors. They almost there you go exactly yeah. Mm. Um, and so they they almost kind of ironically changed the name like decorators and oh, architects just to kind of ironically like yeah to sort of get to, that death idea out of your head exactly you, started yeah. calling it the living room which is such a uh, fuck you to the whole premise of the room itself well anyway but it's where you live where you die bro it's where the TV is uh, so the living room was what his mother uh, what his father called it the living room and his mother called it the parlor. It sounded like music from another world far away. The talk and laughter on a summer-crowded beach must sound to an exhausted swimmer who struggles with the undertow. 
His fingers found the switch. Ah! They snapped it. And nothing. No light. Oh, cripes, the power. George snatched his arm back as if, a, as if from a basket filled with snakes. He stepped, back and, and opened, he stepped back from the open cellar door, his heart hurrying in his chest. The power was out, of course. He had forgotten the power was out. Jeezily Crow, what now? <laughs> Jeezily Crow. <laughs> Jeezily Crow, what now? Go back and tell Billy to get the box of shenanigans. Because the power, all hamburgers, <laughs> because the power was out and he was afraid of something that might get him it's, that stood in the cellar's stairs. Something that wasn't a commie or mass murderer, but a creature much worse than either. That, that would simply slither part of the rotted sl- self up between the stair risers and grab his ankle. That would go over big, wouldn't it? Others might laugh such a fancy, but Bill wouldn't laugh. Bill wouldn't be mad. Bill would say, grow up, Georgie. You want this boat or not? As if, this bo- as if this thought were his cure, Bill called from his bedroom. Did you d- d- die out there, G- Georgie? No, I'm getting it, Bill. George called back at once. He, rubbed his ar- he rubs at his arm, making it, uh, trying to make the guilty goose flesh disappear in smooth skin again. I just stopped to get a drink of water. Well, uh, hurry up. Anyway, so he's going to keep doing this fucking shit for a while. Kid Let's goes get downstairs, clown. chapter three. Let's get three. to the fucking clown here. Bigger asshole than Bill went out. There's okay. a clown. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, your boat's called Shishi, blah, 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 blah. Sure, you got the waterproof equipment across the room. His boat perched precariously on top of the paraffin box. He's sitting and skewing the bubbles. Georgie. George turned back to look at his brother. Be c- careful. Sure. His brow ceased a little. That was something your mom said, not your big brother. It was strange as giving Bill a kiss. Sure, I will. He went out. Bill never saw him again. Three. I skipped like two pages. Let's get to the fucking clown. Let's see how fucking far we can get to the clown. <laughs> Where the fuck is this clown? Where the fucking clown at? Where's the fucking clown? Fucking oh, here clown we go. Right Got here. it. Yeah, let's just do it for it. Okay, it's three. How you guys doing? You right? <laughs> how you guys doing? You good? You good? Yeah. <laughs> you guys Everyone good? buckled up? Everyone Everybody, safe out you there? You guys good? <laughs> how you doing? How you, how you doing out there? Everyone Keep good? your eyes on the road. Uh, hope you had a good lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone out there in the big wide world uh, listening on the uh, the earphones. Uh, Ao three, a big Ao to you. Hey, now here he was chasing his boat down the left side of Witcham Street. He was okay. running fast, but the water was running faster, and his boat was pulling ahead. He heard a deepening roar, and then saw that fifty yards farther down the wa- down the hill, the water was water in the gutter was cascading into a storm drain that was still open. It was a long, dark semicircle cut into the curbing, and, and as George watched. A, striped, a stripped branch, its bark and dark glistening in the, as skills, seal skin shot into the storm dream's maw. It hung there for a moment and then slipped down inside. That was where his boat was headed. Oh, shit, Shinola, he yelled dismayed. He put on shit speed. Shit and Shinola? Shinola, yeah. Both. Oh, shit and Shinola. Wow. He yelled dismayed. He doesn't he, know the difference. He put on speed in a moment. He thought, what is the difference? Come on. That was a great joke. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Put on, we're not, I'm not smart. He put on speed, and for a moment, he thought he would catch the boat. Then one of his feet slipped, and he went sprawling, skinning one knee and crying out in pain. From his new pavement-level perspective, he watched his boat swing around twice, momentarily caught in another whirlpool, and then disappear. Shit and Shinola! He yelled again, slamming his fist down on the pavement. That hurt too, and he began to cry a little. What a stupid way to lose the boat. He got up and walked over to the storm drain. He dropped to his knees and peered in. The water made a dank, hollow sound as it fell into the darkness. It was a spooky sound. It reminded him of, huh? The sound was jerked out of him as if on a string, and he recoiled. There were yellow eyes in there. The sort of eyes he had always imagined but never actually seen down in the basement. It is an animal, he thought incoherently. That's all it is. Some animal. Maybe a house cat that's got stuck in down there. Still, he was ready to run, would run in a second or two, when his mental switchboard had dealt him the shock that those two tiny, tiny shiny yellow eyes, goddammit, two shiny yellow eyes had given him. These eyes. He felt a rough surface on the mad cam under his That fingers. might be public domain by now. And then, sh- and then, and the thin sheet of cold water flowing around them. He saw himself getting up and backing away. And then there was a voice, a perfectly reasonable and rather pleasant voice, spoke to him from inside the storm drain. Hi, Georgie, it said. George blinked and looked again. He could barely credit what he saw. It was like something from a made up story or a movie theater, you know, where the animals talk and dance. 
if he had been 10 years older, it would not have, he would not have believed what he was seeing. But he was not 16. He was six. There was a clown in the storm drain. <laughs> the light in there was far from good. But hey, what you doing down there, you clown? good enough to see that George Denborough was sure what he was seeing. It was a clown, like in the circus or on TV. In fact, he looked like a cross between Bozo and Clarabelle, who talked by a honking, or was it her? Well, George was never really sure of the gender. They even had Bozo Born and Derry Howdy Doody in Howdy Saturday morning. Buffalo Bob was just about the only one who could understand Clarabelle, and that always cl- cracks Georgie up. The face of the clown in the storm drain was white, and there were funny tufts of red hair on either side of his bald head, and there was a big clown smile painted over his mouth. If George had been inhabiting a later year, if George had been inhabiting a year a later year, he would have surely thought of Ronald McDonald before Bozo or Clarabelle. Cloud held a bunch of balloons, all colors, like gorgeous ripe fruit in one hand. In the other, he held Georgie's newspaper boat. Want your boat, Georgie? The clown smiled. George smiled back. He couldn't help it. It was the kind of smile that you just had to answer. I sure do, he said. The clown laughed. <laughs> I sure do. That's good. That's very good. How about a balloon? Well, sure, he reached forward and then drew his hand reluctantly back. I'm not supposed to take stuff from strangers. My dad said so. Very wise of you, dad, the clown in the storm drain said, smiling. How, George wondered, could I have thought his eyes were yellow? They were a bright, dancing blue, the color of his mom's eyes and Bill's. Very wise indeed. Therefore, I will introduce myself. I, Georgie, and Mr. Bob Gray, also known as Pennywise, the dancing clown. Pennywise, meet George Denborough. George, meet Pennywise. And now we know each other. I'm not a stranger to you, and you're not a stranger to me. Correct, George giggled. <laughs> I guess so. He reached forward again and then drew his hand back. How did you get down there? Storm just blew me away, Pennywise the dancing clown said. It blew the whole circus away. Can you smell the circus, Georgie? George leaned forward. Suddenly he could smell peanuts. Hot roasted peanuts and vinegar. The white kind you put out your French fry you put on your French fries through a hole through oh, a hole fuck. in the cap. He could smell cotton candy and frying doughboys and the faint but thunderous odor of wild animal shit. He could smell the cheery aroma of midway sawdust, and yet, and yet, under it all was the smell of flood and, decompos- and decomposing leaves and dark storm drain shadows. That smell was wet and rotten, the cellar smell, but the other smells were stronger. You bet I can smell it, he said. Want your boat, Georgie? Pennywise asked. I only repeat myself because you really do seem that e- you really don't do not seem that ang- eager. He held it up, smiling. He was wearing a baggy silk suit with great big orange buttons. A bright tie, electric blue, flopped down in his front and on his hands, and his hands were and on his hands were big white gloves, like the kind Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck always wore. Yes, sure, George said, looking into the storm drain. And a balloon. I got a red and green and yellow and blue. Do they float? Float? The clown's grin widened. Oh yes. Indeed they do. They float. And there's cotton candy. George reached. The clown seized his arm, and George saw the clown's face change. What he saw then was terrible enough to make his worst imaginings of all the things in the cellar look like sweet dreams. What he saw destroyed his sanity in one clawing stroke. They float. The thing in the drain crooned in a clotted, chuckling voice. It held George's arm in thick and wormy grip. It pulled George toward the terrible darkness where the water rushed and war, rushed and roared and bellowed as, its, as it bore its cargo of storm debris down into the sea. George craned his neck, craned his neck away from the final blackness and began to scream into the rain, to scream mindlessly into the white autumn sky, which curved above Derry on the day of the, the fall, 1957. His screams were shrill and piercing, and all up and down Wisham Street, people came to their windows or bolted out into the porches. They float, growled. They float, Georgie. And when you're down here with me, you'll float too. George's shoulders sucked. George's shoulder socked against the cement of the curb, and Dave Gardner, who was stayed home from his job at the showboat, at the shoeboat that day because of the flood, saw only a small boy in a yellow rain slicker, a small boy who was screaming and writhing in the gutter with his muddy water surfing over his face and making screams around bubbly. Everything down here broke. That chuckling, rotting voice whispered, and suddenly there was a right, ripping noise and a flaring sheet of agony, and George Denborough knew no more. Dave Gardner was the first to get there. 
And although he arrived only 45 seconds after the first scream, George Denborough was already dead. Gardner grabbed him by the back of his slicker, pulled him into the street, and began to scream himself as George's body turned over in his hands. The left side of George's slicker, now bright red, blood flowed into the storm drain from the tattered hole where the left arm had been. A knob of bone, horribly bright, peeked out through the torn cloth. The boy's eyes stared up into the white sky, and as Dave staggered away toward the others, already running pell-mell down the street, they began to fill up with rain. That's it. Hmm. Well, four. We'll do four real quick. It just finishes up this way. Somewhere below, in the storm drain that was already filled nearly to capacity with runoff, there could have been no one down there, the county sheriff would later exclaim to a dairy news reporter with frustrated fury so great it was almost agony. Hercules himself would have been swept away in in that driving current. George's newspaper boat shot onward through the nighted chambers and long concrete hallways that roared and chimed with water. For a while, it ran neck and neck with a dead chicken that floated with its yellowy reptilian toes pointed in the dripping ceiling. Then, at some junction east of town, the chicken was swept off to the left while George's boat went straight. An hour later, while George's mother was being sedated in the emergency room at Derry Home Hospital, and while stuttering Bill sat stunned when white and silent in his bed, listening to his father sob hoarsely in the parlor where his mother had been playing for release when George went out, the boat shot through a concrete loophole like a bullet exiting a muzzle of a gun and ran speed down a sluiceway into an unnamed stream. When it joined the, bo- when it joined the boiling, swollen Penobscot River 20 minutes later, The first rifts of blue had begun to show through the cloud overhead. The storm was over. The boat dipped and swayed and sometimes looked on, sometimes took on water, but it did not sink. Two brothers had waterproofed it well. I do not know where it finally fetched up, if it ever did. Perhaps it reached the sea and sails there forever, like a magic boat in a fairy tale. All I know that it was still afloat and still running on the breast of the flood when it passed and the incorporated town limits of Derry, Maine, and there it passes out of this tale forever. Bugging Stephen King. Yeah. Do you want to encapsulate it for us? Um, What's the level of douchebaggery here? Yeah, Stephen King is like, you know. You said he was a five last time. Is he still five did, now? Did I say he was five? Yeah, I guess that's, yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, I guess. He's, um, you know, descriptive and it's like, it's still making progress, mm-hmm. but it's just like so slow going and like two steps forward and one step back. And yeah, fucking, I agree. Uh, yeah, like I said, I just, I always feel like he's paid by the word. Like it's just a, a drudgery to get through an entire fucking Stephen King book. Even on audiobooks, when I listened to those, like I, it was very rare to get through a Stephen King book. Yeah. Joey? I agree. I never read a Stephen King book, gotta be honest. Um, Kind of boring. I didn't. I didn't dislike it. Actually, there were some cool parts. It's a sweet act. opening. Yeah, it was cool action. Like the opening, actually, we just. But Sean's right. It just yeah. took too long. So if I was reading, I'd be like, "Come on, let's get to this good stuff. Come on, mm-hmm. there's too much in between the good stuff." Yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, but I. Yeah, I he repeats himself a lot. Yeah, I bet I would. I would totally read. Uh, I would give it another shot, or I would read another Stephen King book. And it it, it kind of makes me think that like. That's almost why so many of his books end up being becoming movies, mm-hmm. just because it's like almost every decision you would have to make as a director is already on the page for <laughs> That's you. That's true. There, you know, there's there's like nothing left to uh, mm-hmm. anyone's imagination. And really. it, I think his best movie was Shawshank, in my mind, and it yeah. was just a short story, right? Yeah, yeah. So maybe his best stuff is short stories. I don't, I don't know. Shawshank was, so, I believe, Stand by Me was also a Stephen oh, King yeah, yeah. story. Also one, probably my favorite uh, too. The Shining, although. Stephen oh, right. King kind of specifically like rejected that. Yeah. Mostly because like Kubrick I you know turned it into something other than what Stephen King intended and and ironically it's probably the it's it's the best movie that you know was ever kind of made. It's the best Stephen King movie. Um uh, I mean but, but it's not a Stephen King movie. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's kind of in a weird way. It's, uh, a, it's a fucking Kubrick movie. It's just like happened to be some source material that was Stephen King and even Stephen King himself rejects it. The book itself is about alcohol, alcoholism. Mm. And and 
uh, you know, Kubrick focused more on the, the ghost element of it. Oh. We're going to say Shawshank. Gotcha. Oh, no, I was just going to argue with it being the best. I still think Shawshank oh, is a, a better movie, or at least, uh, it, you know, when I have the choice to put one movie on versus the other, I'm going to put Shawshank on before I put on well, The Shining. Kind of, yeah, I so, see what you're saying, too. I agree, but I don't think it's the it's, measure of best. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a more enjoyable movie, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, is it as kind of like tightly wound and compact and so masterfully is it as masterfully done uh i'd i'd probably say no i'd say no but it's a it's it's a better movie depending on how you phrase the question yeah i mean the shine i I like it more the the shining is used in film school as a a reference material for many many things yeah yeah, yeah. shawshank is very rarely used as a reference material you know it is more and more now though too like so many people are fucking like oh shawshank is totally underrated and and everybody and so i guess in that capacity it becomes rated our demographic grew up with it uh constantly in the background on cable somewhere exactly yeah and it's a good movie movie. i love that fucking movie but yeah i mean is it as is it as masterful as The Shining? I'd probably argue no. I mean, it's hard to argue that Kubrick can yeah, be outmastered. I mean, kind of. I guess that's, that's yeah. kind of. That might be where I'm going with it. And yeah, it's un, it's vaguely unfair, but I mean, yeah, uh, the, those is. two movies directed by anyone else probably <laughs> Shawshank. Yeah, but uh, oh yeah. It, well, I don't know. Actually, that's a great question. You're probably right. Yeah, you're. Oh yeah. Oh wait. So Shawshank is also directed by somebody else, or Shawshank? Yeah, is, both of those movies directed by you know, if we took random director, pound for pound, yeah, random director. yeah. Ooh, what a good question. That's a good game. Or you switch the directors. Uh, I think oh, Kub- switch the director. Kubrick, yeah, Kubrick, yeah. Kubrick, Kubrick in any equation is yeah. probably going to win. I'm sure. Yeah. More uh, or less, yeah. Uh, I not Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut's pretty good, dude. I, I don't think anyone else could have made that movie better than him. Yeah, I mean, really? exactly. I do. Yeah. I think there's other directors. That could have made that movie better? Like who? More well, understandable, kind of a maybe. Romantic but- thriller kind of weird thing. Well, yeah, in the hands of like anyone else. It's a dream. Else, like, you know, David Lynch might have gotten yeah. pretty close at a at a very good version of that movie. I just it have to be drive, as, it but, has to be as weird. I, yeah, I feel like there's a Tony Scott version that just basically becomes Drive. I was like, thinking like yeah. a, a De Palma or yeah. something. Oh fuck, Brian De Palma. <laughs> okay, damn. Did, what did we find out about Bozo? Uh, Bozo was around since forty six. Oh, sorry, forty nine. Oh really? And uh, he had a big, and he had a big so show. He's like 50, the Phantom, where they just keep 50, replacing him. Yeah, kind of. In fifty six. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like the, guy died, mm. the guy Pennywise died. The guy died. Pennywise is a, a passed down tradition. He's not immortal. Did we just? Well, spoil I guess in the sense of like. No, that's exactly right. He's yeah. There's a history of it. And right. It goes back. He died a lot of times, and he gets resurrected. That's what I was. Well, looking he never at. actually okay. dies. He, he just goes away. He gets high. He goes in hibernation. He is yeah, supernatural, exactly. though. It's not just a dude sure. that hangs out in the sewer and like no, no, no. convinces some other dude to keep dressing like a no. cop. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I got this great gig for you. You're gonna love it. <laughs> you, you you get to encapsulate all the horrors of children throughout all time. Right on. Um, yeah, right on. That, I, I did think of one uh, clown-related story, but uh, um, when I was in like fourth grade, I, I got the uh, I got to go to school for half a day because I got to go to the Bozo show, uh-huh. and it was uneventful, you know. But then for the rest of the year, they called me Bozo. Just remember to text before <laughs> calling. <laughs> I was just gonna hit the thing. I know that's why I fucked with you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Literally Literary. It sounds so condescending when you do it. Sorry. <laughs> I really do appreciate you guys listening. Thanks. There's a fun orgy halfway through this book. <laughs> <laughs>